Next on BYU Sports Nation, the commander-in-chief of the BYU football offense has spoken. What Jeff Grimes said and what it means for the quarterback race. QB coach Aaron Roderick joins the program Why it's down to two in the emergence of Jaron Hall competing for number three. Plus, who are the top six receivers right now and a wide receiver position preview with the guy many expect to be number one, Dylan Colley. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Huge show today, Tuesday, August 14th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with music video casting director Jerem Jordan. We have cast all of you to be in this music video. If you are around Provo, come hang out with us tonight at about 8.15 Mountain Time at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and going through Gate 5, that's on the northwest side. And uh, join us for a new countdown to kickoff music video open. The band The National Parks is playing a song they made for the show, which is very exciting. So come hang out with us. Free concert at 815 Mountain. And the recording starts at about 845. Come hang out. And, of course, the Cougar kickoff is today from 6 to 830. We are going to be there if you want to hang out. Uh, BYU athletes and coaches and Cosmo and cheerleaders and Cougarettes and whatnot will be there. So come hang out. That's at Haas Field. That's next to the indoor practice facility on the west side. It's going to be a fun night. A fun night. Cougar kickoff. And then the countdown to kickoff open. Fill out your W-4s. Payment will be issued in increments of time on camera. In increments of, yes, being on television. (laughs) (laughs) Big night for BYU football, BYU sports in general. And we invite you to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We do feel like we've narrowed it down to two guys. We feel like Tanner and Zach right now are the two guys that we're going to concentrate our reps on. Uh, those two guys have been neck and neck since the day that we started and have outperformed um, all the other guys. And so those two guys will be the ones who will be getting pretty much all the reps with the ones and most of the reps with the twos. We figured as much, but now BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes has made it official. It's down to two in the race for a starting quarterback, Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson. Again, not a surprise. We've been talking about it essentially for the past week. Now, Tanner Mangum was asked about the official two-man race yesterday. Nothing changes. You know, every day we still get to attack every day with the same mindset. Um, Just go out and do our job uh, each play and take it one play at a time, one day at a time. And, and, uh, um, you know, like I've I've, I've said that over and over again, that's just how you got to approach it. And then then everything else will take care of itself. Now listen to what Zach Wilson, the true freshman, offered when he was presented with the same two-man quarterback race subject. I mean, you see all the quarterbacks pushing each other every day. And, um, you know, I think the competition's there. I mean, if someone just had it easy and he knew he was the guy, he wouldn't be getting pushed every day. So, you know, I think the competition definitely definitely helps. All right. Why not throw in the quarterback coach Aaron Roderick on what each guy can do to earn the coveted starting job? Our criteria that we talk about every day is take care of the football and move the team and score points. You know, and points is not always a touchdown pass. Sometimes it's converting a third down on third and one and then we score three plays later on a run play you know it's it's moving the team and scoring points and whoever does that the best will get the chance to start in the game 
Obviously, only one step remains. Name the starter. Jerem, having heard all of that and now digesting it again, what does it all mean? It means it's down to two, and that's it. <laughs> Last Wednesday, I said on this program, it appears that three is down to two. So, not a shock, just kind of an official. They came out and said it, you know, post-scrimmage and whatnot. The number one reps... About 90% of them, as of last Wednesday, were going to Mangum and Wilson. This is an intriguing battle, though, because you have the seasoned veteran who, as a freshman, was awesome, wasn't very good in mop-up duty in the bowl game in his only start in 2016. And then last year, Tanner Mangum was awful. Nine picks, eight touchdowns. Can, in this new offense, he be more like his freshman self? That's the hope here, right, is that the senior the former Elite 11 guy, the National Freshman of the Year, can be himself again. But Zach Wilson is pushing Tanner Mangum. And he's and Jeff Grimes said from day one. From it's day been one. been from day one. I think he means day one of fall camp. camp. Yes. Um, and spring ball, Zach Wilson got a lot of experience. Dave McCann with an astute observation here. Mangum or Wilson? The challenge is BYU needs a quarterback that the team can rally around, recapture the imagination of the fans, and restore hope for better days. They, that may not be fair to the senior, and it may be too much to ask from the freshman. So what do you do? I don't know. There are two guys right now that have different guys rallying around them. And I know that the, the hopeful take on all of this is, well, the players will just worry about themselves, and then when the starting quarterback is named, they'll all come together as one and rally around that guy. Brian Logan... Brian, Brian Logan has alluded to the fact, not so subtly, that you pick sides and you're rooting for a guy in fall camp. But the hope is that whenever Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick select their guy, that all of the team can come together and rally around him. I Eventually think that is they an do. Un, I think yeah. that is an underrated element in this whole race. Do you believe in the guy that they named the starter? Are you all in? That's based on the likability of the guy. That's based on the way you're treated. That's based on how much you care about that guy or whatever. Zach Wilson is pushing Tanner Mangum. That tells me a lot about the situation, right? To me, at this point, it's 10 practices in, Tanner Mangum should have won the job already. It's a credit to Zach Wilson. And I still think Tanner Mangum will win the job. But why isn't the senior beating out the freshman? That means that Zach Wilson is really good. Yeah, he's overperforming. He's overperforming, which I think is good. I think you go with Tanner Mangum and you go from there. Head coach Kalani Satake, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, and others pointed out that there were no turnovers by the offense in Saturday's scrimmage. Here's Tanner Mangum saying no turnovers was a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's harped on that since he got here, since day one. You know, ball security, taking care of the football. You know, we're, we're not going to win games if, if, if we're giving it away. And so, um, you know, especially as a quarterback group, that's we, we have to put a big, a big premium on that. Um, you know, we can't play scared and, and, and tentative or hesitant, um, but we can, we can be smart. We can make smart decisions and, and take care of it and, um, and do the best we can to make sure that we're uh, giving ourselves a chance. And, you know, if, if we can play turnover-free, then we can give ourselves a good shot. Spencer, is no turnovers in a 160-plus play scrimmage a good thing? Yes, clearly. Why is this even a question? You didn't turn the ball over. That's good. And, and Tanner put the, the real key element into this when he said, it doesn't mean you play tentative. You just have to be smart and out-execute your opponent while not giving them freebies. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good sign, especially given what BYU did last year. To me, it's a bad thing. What? How can not turning the ball over be a bad thing? This means the defense didn't force any turnovers in the scrimmage. The defense <sighs> needs to force some turnovers. 
whether well, it be fumbles or interceptions. Well, if the offense is designed to not give the defense a ton of opportunities to create turnovers, then, then what is the defense supposed to do? I'm okay if the offense is initially conservative. And they should be early and, on. And I like, I like the idea of no turnovers, but it's not a good long-term business model. Do you know who the all-time interception leader is in BYU history? It's Ty Demmer. With touchdowns come interceptions. Like, there's an aggression level that, in order for BYU to be its best self offensively, needs to happen. If BYU is aiming for zero turnovers, they will not throw the ball deep as much as they need to, to beat Power 5 to competition. Beat power 5 competition. Yeah, and, and what's going to define this season? It's whether BYU can win some of those Power 5 games. Now, here's the thing. You're Jeff not gonna... Bezos of Amazon didn't become worth $153 billion by thinking, I'm not going to turn it over. He was aggressive. He took some risks. It cost him. But guess what? The dude's worth $153 bill. What I'm saying is, I think there need to be some turnovers sometimes. Initially, it's fine. Remember the men's basketball team last year? It was like, okay, don't rush it. Wait, be patient on offense. 14 games in, BYU's 12-2. and two. It was working. But BYU didn't adapt. They didn't, they didn't loosen up a little bit. They were so tight that a guy like TJ, Fredette, or TJ Hawes, excuse me, who thrives in the early shot clock in that, couldn't be himself. So then he dips in his numbers. BYU's a one-and-done NIT team again. My point is, I think some aggression is good. Initially, saying no turnovers, I think that's a fantastic goal. Of course, that'd be great. But I think... It's okay to have some turnovers because with that comes touchdowns. Ty Demmer, 121 touchdowns. He threw 65 picks. Right now is not the time to be aggressive, though. I'm saying over the long term. Give yeah, him, I agree with you. Give him a chance. I give him a chance you. to be aggressive, but you have to start. You have to start conservatively and then open things up. What I don't want to happen is 2011 with Brandon Doman's offense, or was it 2010? BYU goes to Ole Miss, blah blah. We're, we were getting excited about, like, an 18-yard play-action pass to the tight end. Yeah. Like, that is not what I want to get excited Aaron about. Roderick I want to see Grimes. Dylan Colley streaking down the sideline for a 40-plus-yard catch. Aaron Roderick is not Brandon Doman. We have evidence of what Aaron Roderick is and likes to do as an offensive coordinator. We have that. He's done it before, and he's not Brandon Doman. At Utah, they were pretty conservative. But was that an Aaron Roderick choice or a Kyle Whittingham choice? He was choice? the co-offensive coordinator. Like, yeah. He's... Well, well, it, it is what it is. What I'm saying is, eventually, in the season, I would hope that this no turnovers idea would be like, you know what, some turnovers are okay. Obviously, zero fumbles. I'm talking interceptions. It's about calculated chances, and you have to be conservative to start early. Like, if you want to beat Arizona, you can't lose the turnover battle. But you road. also have to be aggressive enough to take chances I, and get down the field. I don't, like, when, it comes with the other. When, again, like BYU did two years ago, win 18 to 16. Who cares? Be conservative. If it's boring, great. You won. Who cares? You have to be able to be play Toledo and score 55 points as well, though. BYU football head coach Kalani Satake spoke after practice yesterday about where his team stands on the always prevalent in August depth chart conversation. Plan on redshirting guys that I think... Uh, are in the mix, and so that's kind of it. It, it um, confirms some of our thoughts, and there's some guys that stepped up and did some things differently. And so, uh, right now is a good time to start um, before our, our Thursday scrimmage, get guys to move to different positions if we need to, and and uh, and then keep the competition going so we can get this thing ironed out by the time we get to the to the game. Okay, Kalani, how about you clarify how many of the 22 position starters are solidified? Probably, I don't know if I were to guess, maybe 60 percent of them. But I mean, the two deep is pretty cool. Is pretty good. It's just a matter of who's going to step up and take the the starting spots. 
60% of the two deep solidified at this point in camp. Is this a good place to be, Jerem, at this point in fall camp? I think so. Ten practices in of the 25 allotted all the way up to the Arizona game. Sure, I don't, I don't think you know the, the backup free safety right now needs to be locked in per se. I think you need to know who your starters are. Generally speaking, you know who your starters are, like 80% of the time. There's not a lot of variance in who the best guy is because unless that person graduates and you're not sure, okay, now you're trying to fill in those, I guess, other 40%. You don't have a starting quarterback, but you have the backup and the starter figured out. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, sure. The tone of Kalani Satake and all of the coaches, for that matter, in the interviews that we have done and that I we have listened to over the past few weeks is that they feel confident in where they stand with this. And Would they say if they weren't? I, well, you can sense. Here's the thing. You can sense when there is some concern in their tone and the way they answer questions. You can. Some coaches will just straight up lie about it. Oh, yeah, everything's great. Like I want, but I w- you can tell you can yeah. tell straight up. Like okay, you're totally disregarding. Like no, it's not all good. You can sense and read between the lines and the things that they say and tone and whatever. I don't get the impression that there is chaos happening behind. This. I, I feel like the BYU coaches feel like they're in a much better place they, than they were given the season that happened last year. Well, last fall, I don't remember thinking. Oh my gosh, BYU is going to be four nine. Oh, I re- oh my gosh, the offense. No, no nobody stinks. thought nobody thought that. But I didn't see we, anything that was like we still did have the question of who's going to be the playmaker on offense. Right, BYU doesn't have a playmaker on offense. That question was all over the place going into the early games. Is who's that, the playmaker? Is that is that answered this year? I think it is. I think they have targeted guys to be the playmaker. We hope that Dylan Colley is good. We hope that. We're, think about what we're asking here. We're asking a true freshman to be the backup. We're asking a redshirt freshman to possibly be the starter or backup quarterback or running back. We're possibly asking a, a redshirt freshman to be the starting center in James Empey. We're asking a grad transfer, Dylan Colley, come in, have an immediate impact. We're asking Ronai Lalupu, Frank, to be the number two tight end. We're asking the O-line, despite losing three seniors, to be awesome, we're asking Kyrus Tonga to be an NFL kind of guy, despite okay, showing. Do we know? Do we know what these guys we're are, asking, though, Jerem? Do we're we're we know? We're asking the defensive backs to be good, and we don't know who they are. But, but we're asking Dine Gunwoku and Troy Ward to be like, safety. You're acting like you're acting like you don't know what these guys are. You've seen them play for more than one year. You've seen them play for multiple years. But do you know what they are? Do you think you, we're have, asking you know Zane what they Anderson are? Anderson to switch positions. Yeah, I'm just saying. We have well, a better idea than last year. Do you not agree with that? No. Of what you don't, I don't think that we have a better idea of who these players are and what they can do compared to last year. You don't think it, that it depends on the position. More clarity. Of course, there's some clarity. There's, okay. It's never ze- don't, don't speak in super, like, yeah. Well, you it, just said no. You said no. We're not. There's not more clarity than last year. Like I feel like there's we know better. Some clarity, but it's I don't I don't think it's like oh we know exactly what we're getting. It's like Kyrus Tonga showed up 20 pounds overweight. You know what we thought we'd be getting? Ula Tolu Tower running back. Instead, we're like I hope Zach Cato is good. You know what I mean? Do we they, trust? Do we, we tr- I don't think we know as much as we think we know right now. Does anybody? It's fall camp. Does anybody? I mean, yeah, we all want to think that we know everything. That's how we're. I know I don't structured know anything. And wired, <laughs> but I feel like I have a better idea of who the playmakers are specifically compared to last year. I think we know what we hope. The is, playmakers is Matt Bushman a good player? Is Moroni Laulaputatel a good player? It's been a year removed. Is Dylan like Colley a good player? There. We've we there is hard evidence that those guys make plays and made plays. Moroni, two years. It's been two years. 
So, like, like I, he's a good player, but let's see him. Let's see him do We've it. We've seen right? him do it. That's my point. Like, he was just like because the number he was injured, five receivers two years just ago. Because he we haven't seen injured, him as a tight end. It doesn't mean that he's all of, of a sudden not able to make a play. I think he's going to be good. We just haven't seen him in a game. Okay. Play. Like, we think all Nick right. Emery's going to be good in basketball. He sat out a year. I'm going to give him a chance to get back into it. All right. We find out if these guys are playmakers beginning on September 1st. Countdown to the Wildcats. 18 days. 18 days away, two and a half weeks roughly before BYU and Arizona kick off the 2018 college football season in Tucson, Arizona, in front of the Zona Zoo. BYU fans, get yourselves ready. Our question of the day, why is or isn't BYU having no turnovers in Saturday's scrimmage a good thing? Let's hear from all of you, BYU Sports Nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Broncos Lover in on Twitter, I think it could go either way. In a good way, it means BYU is learning to protect the ball. In a negative way, it means the defense is having some challenges. Yeah, I think the defense needed to force at least one turnover in 160 plays there. Zero? Zero? Again, we don't know what the play calls were. But there's 160 plays. you got to be If it was ultra-conservative, there just aren't that many opportunities to go and create. We know they threw the ball at least 42 times. Okay, but where were those? Were they short passes? Were they quick passes? Were the majority of them three-step drops? Were any of them five-step drops or in the shotgun or long-developed plays? You would think in 160 plays there would be enough. Like, that's a concerning stat about the defense. I happen to know. Okay, the the one thing I got from my sources, sourcey sauce, and the scrimmage on Saturday was that it was ultra-conservative. Ultra-conservative. This is BYU. It's one of the most ultra-conservative. So why would there be the a world. lot of turnovers? <laughs> why would there be a lot of turnovers? I just, I, it's not I'm shocking I'm not saying a lot. All. I'm asking for one. one. I, this isn't an indictment I, on the defense that they're not good if they can't get a turnover against I shouldn't have to go to Arby's offense. to get my turnovers. I want the defense <laughs> to do it. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Join the conversation. Hashtag B- coming up, hashtag BYU50 this summer has brought out the competitive juices with BYU fans. How did Lauren McLean get involved herself? Yeah, we've got the competitive juices going in Studio B right now. And senior transfer Dylan Colley on what role he expects to play in this year's receiving core. Is he the number one option? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further reviews, back on BYU TV, episode 2 tonight, 7 Eastern. Watch David, Brian, and the guys break down Cougar football like nobody else. Tonight, 7 Eastern on BYU TV. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you miss any of the show live, download the podcast or watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, however you want. Our question of the day, why is or isn't BYU having zero turnovers in Saturday's scrimmage, a good thing. At Dan underscore Smith for BYU and on Twitter. Turnovers are always the number one goal, but what about non-stat plays like pass breakups? If the defense can consistently create four down plays and get off the field, then they're doing their job. I'm sure the defense will have their moments this year. Hashtag BYUSN. I just think in 160 plays, you need at least one turnover. I, it's a little concerning. But if you saw quarterback hurries and sacks and uh, pass breakups and chaos, would you really care about not having a turnover if you felt like the defense was creating chaos? 
No, I still want turnovers. Get off the field or, yeah. you know, shut up. Like, you stop them on fourth down. Yeah. Like, I, I want turnovers because that's the quickest field position play defensively. No question. It's the biggest momentum shifter as well. Um, yeah. No, I, I want one turnover every X plays. I know it's not 160. Right. It's but I just don't – what I don't understand is the concern. Like, it's one scrimmage – and you know that I'm not the offense. That concerned. I'm just saying I'm concerned. The offense will be way more conservative in this first full pad scrimmage than at any other point this season, probably. Like it's the first time they've rolled it out in fall camp. Like I don't. I don't think they'll ever be more conservative. Yeah, I. I, I don't know. So you tell us. No turnovers, a good thing or not. BYU Sports Nation continues our all-access coverage from BYU football fall camp. The latest to step into the one-on-one spotlight. Passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick. Listen carefully. All right, Aaron, I don't, I don't know who is more excited, but just the fact that we can actually ask you a specific question about the quarterbacks and talk about it is exciting to me. Coach Grimes announcing today that, that Tanner and Zach will be moving forward uh, and vying for that starting job. What went into that decision? Just that they've done the best job of taking care of the ball they've thrown a lot of completions and turned the ball over less than the other guys that's really what it comes down to i mean they they uh they've both done done a lot of good things so why why was it important to make that decision now and maybe and maybe guys with seeing reps have kind of known it was going that direction for a while but why now to make that decision because we're into week two and that was our plan you know we we felt like if it's clear who we wanted to have it cut down to two in the second week of camp, and as long as it was clear who the two were, and, and it is. Um, so now this week is, you know, the, the next task is to figure out the, 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 you know, the depth chart after that. And so that was the plan. When you're looking at these guys and evaluating, what are you specifically looking at and looking for? Well, our number one job is to take care of the ball, and after that, it's to move the team and score points. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. You know, some, sometimes it's throwing a touchdown pass, and sometimes it's converting, a, throwing a completion on third and two, and we score on a run play three plays later. You know, it's, it's about production and scoring points. And so whoever takes the best care of the ball and leads our team to the most points is, is uh, going to be our QB. Everybody that we've talked to that have, has been able to watch practice, they've all been very pleased with what they've seen out of Tanner and Zach. What, what does it say about Zach as a freshman that he's come in and put himself in this position? It says a lot because Tanner's a good player who's playing really well. That's one thing I really want to point out is Tanner's had a great camp. Um, he's playing like a senior and playing very well, and then there's this freshman guy that just pushes him right to the limit every day. So it's been pretty awesome to see that. And um, I think it's making them both better. How do the other offensive players interact with these guys? How do they respond to these two quarterbacks from what you see? I think most players on our team are so engaged in trying to earn their own spot right now that they're not really concerned about who's playing quarterback. I, I, we've got so many position battles going on at, all over the team that guys know that every day they just got to come out here and do what they can do to get on the field. They're not worried about who's at QB. And I think our players have confidence in all of our quarterbacks. We've got three or four guys that I think could go in and win us a game right now, and, and not by themselves, of course, but I think could, could lead our team to a win. And, um, but right now we're going to give the majority of the reps to those two. 
Uh, one last thing before we let you go, and I appreciate your time. Coach Grimes also mentioned that, that Hall and Critchlow will be battling for the third-string quarterback. What have you seen from both of those guys, and, and ultimately what, what's, what's going to push one of them one step forward uh, in terms of the third string? Joe is just a steady guy. He's a he's a pro. He comes out here every day and is ready to play. He he doesn't count his reps. He just when when it's his turn, he goes in there and makes the most of it. Uh, he's he's just there's no quitting that kid. He just keeps battling all the time. And then Jaron has been a pleasant surprise. I mean, I knew he was a talented kid. I just didn't know that he would pick up the offense this quickly. He's he's really sharp and uh, has played probably better than I expected a guy right off a of mission. So. You know he's he's pushing Joe and Joe, but Joe's still pushing those other two guys as well. So it's it's a good group. A Rod, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, the OG A Rod, passing game coordinator on the two man BYU starting quarterback competition. Did we learn anything in that interview that we otherwise didn't know before we heard from Aaron Roderick in that setting? Tanner Mangum is playing like a senior. That's good news. He's had a quote great camp. So is Zach That's Wilson fantastic. then playing like a senior as well? Yeah, wait a minute. Is he playing like a sophomore? Yeah. I mean, if they're it's... neck and neck, and another thing I wanted to point out is the emergence of Jaron Hall. Yes, Jaron Hall pushing Joe Critchlow. Wait, like Ed Lamb before fall camp starts says Joe Critchlow could be one of the greatest players to play here. Right, and like he wasn't al- he wasn't alone in that thought amidst members he's of not, the staff. He's not even in the. Top two greatest players in fall camp, let alone school history. So, the interesting questions. I, I know that Ed heavily recruited Joe, and perhaps Joe still will be at some point in, in BYU history. I don't know. I, I just say, if you don't give the guy a scholarship out of college, the likelihood of him being incredible or being the Baker Mayfield biggest exception of all time isn't going to happen, probably. I like AP Joe. I think he's great. But... What, one of the greats? What? Jaron Hall's battling with him for three right now. If I'm Joe Critchlow and I don't get the number three spot, I'm out of here. Is BYU in Why a would good I stay? spot? Why is, would I stay? Is BYU in a good spot from a depth perspective at the quarterback position? No clue. That's the big mystery, right? Joe's played three games, lost to UMass at home. Unforgivable sin there. <laughs> and then... <laughs> You're in BYU Outer Darkness with that one. What? And then Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson have never played, so no clue. All right. Our thanks to Jason Shepard for going one-on-one with Aaron Roderick, the passing game coordinator. We'll hear more from A-Rod coming up. Who are the top six receivers this season? It's coming up in our receivers position group preview. And Lauren McLean wants some swag, some next-level BYU swag. How far are you willing to go to get it, Lauren? She will go the distance. This is BYU Sports Nation. Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. We want to get you on TV tonight. If you're in the area, come to the north end zone, the north end of Bull Road Stadium, Gate 5. There will be a free concert starting at 8.15 Mountain Time. 
In the national parks, then it's about 8.45. The shoot starts for a new music video for Countdown to kick off. That's tonight, starting at about 8.15 Mountain Time at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Come hang out. Rolling along, BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand online at BYUSN.com. Anytime, anywhere. And here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes made it official. The BYU quarterback race narrowed down to two QBs, Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson. Mangum has played in 26 total games, 21 starts for the Cougars, while Wilson, a true freshman, is five months removed from prom. Doesn't mean he can't ball because his coaches say he's been neck and neck with Mangum from day one of fall camp. We just played for you our one-on-one interview with passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick. He added this about the two-man competition. Throwing a lot of completions out here, um, making my job tough because they've they've been very very sharp, and you know we got a lot of work to do still, but. Um, I'm impressed with both of them. I'm impressed with with the way they push each other and the way they work together. Pushing each other, not a surprise. That's uh, the rhetoric that we typically hear at this point in fall camp. My house growing up, that was not encouraged. This morning, UMass football announced the kick time for the November 10th game with BYU. It's set for noon Eastern time, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, live on 11 Sports. I don't know what that is. And Nesson. Is that on KBYU? New England Sports uh, That would not be KBYU, <laughs> which just simulcasts BYU TV now. So I don't know how to watch that game, but we'll figure it out by yeah, November Yes, 10th. we will. Yeah. Courtesy of FB Schedule shining the bright light on the Baylor Football Media Guide, we now know the dates of two future BYU football games with the Bears. The Cougars play in Waco on October 16th, 2021, and will host Baylor in Provo on September 10th, 2022. Jason Shepard is asking somewhere, will those be conference games? Uh, BT Dub, there are seven Power 5 games on the 2021 schedule. This is a, oh, I love it. It's the best. So good for BYU football. Uh, I, th- this is all assuming Baylor still has a football program. And the women's soccer team plays its annual alumni game tonight at 9 Eastern. Listen to the match on BYU Radio starting with pregame at 8.30 Eastern. We now welcome in Lauren Frankham McLean to Studio B as part of her fabulous weekly, uh, what should we call this, spectacle? Is, is that a good <laughs> word for this? That's actually really good because I thought you were going to say segment. Then it's, no, yeah, no, no. We can't probably a more accurate. Spectacle. Okay. It's so much more. <laughs> okay, so much I'm, I'm uh, extra excited about this week because we get to see your competitive nature. Which you oh, haven't seen before. We see that every so. well, uh, <laughs> now, I don't know that we have seen it to this level. <laughs> well, listen, the BYU 50 is still going on. Yesterday, they were in New Mexico, and then it goes right up to the first game, correct? So I was just worried about Utah. You know, I wanted the swag. You guys, when David Almondova came on, you saw the good stuff mm-hmm. that he was showing. Oh, yes. I needed that I've stuff. I've been dreaming about it. I needed that stuff. So uh, watch this segment. Get a great taste. <laughs> Let's go between the lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. At night where it started to what happened last night. So this is this is an actual box. That's an actual box. This, so can we can yes. we reveal some this of this? Absolutely. This is happening. Hey, Shep. So I saw that you had David Elmondo on your show today talking about the BYU fifty. I'm just wondering, for a friend, uh, if he gave you any extra information or where it's going to be. 
So, Shep, ask for a friend here. It's not me. So, all right then. Look, I did not want to tell this right to her face, but Lauren is obsessed with the gear. And she has been since day one. I don't know if she's just ultra competitive or cheap and just wants free stuff. Wait, what's this about? Oh, uh, just doing a BYU Sports Nation promo. Okay. What are you up so to? So you're talking to me now? Listen, for the past three years, BYU Athletics has given out the coolest swag in their BYU 50 boxes. And I've tried every single year to win it. There was that one year, the six-year-old won it before me. There was another year, there was this pregnant lady. Come on. But this year, nothing, and I mean nothing, is going to stop me. Hey, Michael. Hey, Lauren. How are you? What's up? Well, I was just wondering if I could get uh, David Almodova's number from you. This isn't about that BYU 50 drop again, is it? <laughs> no. No, 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 I'm... I'm way past that. That's childish and... No, no. It it's about? for uh, sports. Sports. Here you go. Thanks, Michael. Good luck with sports. You won't regret this. Lauren, seriously? David? David? Doing this on my own. Okay, man, can I count on you? Yes, the BYU 50! Okay, but you can't stand me up like you did last year. Okay. Okay, I'll see you then. Hey, Lauren. Hey, someone downstairs for you. Who is it? I'm not sure who it is, but he said something about Operation Swayu. All right, thanks, Cassidy. What's up, Bilo? What's going on, man? So, uh, you ready for this or what? I was born ready. Let's do this. Hey, thanks so much for helping me out, man. It means a ton. Yeah. Oh, we're like we're like family. Yeah. It's been years. So, oh, it's um, gonna be awesome. How, how, are you, how are we splitting this stuff up? You know, I'm I'm just really worried about the shoes. You can have all the other stuff. I don't really care too much about that stuff. You know. Oh no, we're not splitting. Really? Dun, dun, dun! Who won? Who won?
Listen, it's not something I want to talk about. Ryan Logan's here. It's got to be like 50 flags. Get that out of my face. You got it. Ryan Logan's the winner. Ryan Logan's always the winner. He is always the winner. I'm doubters, believers. I saw saw all the Twitter Twitter (laughs) polls going on there. (laughs) That is true. The majority of people voted for me. Yeah. So we will point that, that I was, I was up. How dare you, fans? Oh, God. <laughs> Never doubt Brian Logan. He thrives on doubt. On, and it man. really, it really just was uh, determined by which shoot we or which take we decided to use. You know, who won that? Wait, so That's this wasn't true. the real BYU fifty? Is that we tried to do it live, but you know, things happen. And <laughs> 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 hey, you know, so really, we won nothing. Where's all the swag? We won yeah. nothing. Was a good athlete. Yeah, it was. Ended hours an before we got there. Athlete. Yeah, yeah. She's, I, hey, I pick you first. Thanks, Bela. You have more Thank quickness, you. though. Yeah. 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 At least you got the flag, man. You have a flag. Congratulations. Yeah. How about you leave that here and we hang it up? Yeah, how about no? I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> well, great to see you, Brian. You can watch Brian on After Further View tonight. Brian likes, He's out. Brian likes free <laughs> stuff. Even more than I do. Yeah. See you below. Who doesn't like swag? Anyway, it's, yeah. a, it's the BYU 50 is in New York today. So it's still going on, and it really is a super rad thing. Manhattan between 5 and 7 p.m. I'm guessing that I I have no clue. I'm telling you. No insider information. What? Statue of Liberty. I'm guessing Times Square. 42nd. What is that? 42nd Street. Is that the subway stop for uh, Times Square? Is there a miracle on the street? (laughs) Maybe the M&M store in Times Square. I don't know. Really, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the LDS, maybe the Mormon sign. Places that, that Mormons visit. <laughs> yeah. The M&M store. Yeah, David Almodel was like, come on, Spencer, I was going to put it there. Now <laughs> i got to switch places. The M&M store. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> uh, what a treat. What a treat. Hey, Lauren, thanks for that. Thanks. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thanks. I know it brightened your day. You're uh, welcome. Well, yeah, also, we don't condone running stop signs. Um, which may or well, may not have happened in video. <laughs> but I do appreciate that you still have... under the bus on TV. You still Jeez. have the autographed picture of Jeremy and myself. I do, forever your, and always. Hanging up your on desk. my desk. <laughs> I don't need any other free swag. That's all I need. With my name spelled wrong and oh, yeah, that's exactly. all I need. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, guys. Coming up, three current BYU men's golfers are competing in, at the U.S. Amateur Championship at Pebble Beach. How did they fare in round one? Plus, a look at the BYU football receiving core with a collie that is still playing. We don't know who's going to be throwing the ball to him yet, but how much do we really know about who will be catching it? It's got to be him and who else? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Let's do Behind the Mic with Gregor Bell, Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio for long-form interviews with compelling Cougar sports guests. Tomorrow, Greg is joined by tight ends coach Steve Clark, who still has that mustache, and if you can call it a mustache. And Dennis Pitta somehow uh, gets on the air. Oh, he's back? What? Dennis? Yes. you? Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation always open on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and use the hashtag BYUSN whenever and wherever you would like to converse with us. Our next guest in the one-on-one spotlight, courtesy of BYU Football All Access on BYUSN and Jason Shepard, is Dylan Colley. Now, keep in mind that... While Dylan Colley has these expectations that have been heaped upon him as the senior grad transfer from Hawaii, and we think that Who's he's done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we have been heavily if you're involved. You're Colley at BYU? Sorry. But here's the thing. Is what it is. I'm not sure that the expectations we hold for Dylan Colley 
will ever reach the level of expectation he holds for himself. Really hard on himself, really challenges himself. We're one-on-one with the senior grad transfer, Dylan Cauley. I know you've been asked a lot about coming back, but now that you're a couple of weeks in, has it been like like a perfect fit, like putting back on a glove? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, from the moment I walked in to the facilities, obviously it's different, you know, some different people, but um, the love here and the culture here, it's, it's stayed the same. And so, you know, you, you, feel, you feel right at home when you come back. Do you feel right at home on the field too? I mean, you obviously played a lot of football, but being able to come out here just in the little time we've been able to watch, you look so comfortable running this offense in such a short period of time. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously taking time, and it takes a lot of work, man. I, it's not a—it's not something that comes easy. It's a—it's a very complex offense that you know it's going to defeat a lot of defenses. So learning it has been a little bit of the difficult part. Um, maybe putting a little too much pressure on myself has been has been tough. But you know, every single day I'm learning and I'm getting better. So you know, that's all I can really—that's all I can really ask for. Why was coming back to BYU the right decision for you? I mean, I think I got, you know, a matter of seven months of being somewhere. And so it, it needed to be the best fit for my wife and I and to, to be the most comfortable place where I could, you know, be the most successful and be part of a team that I know would care about me as much as I care about them. And so as soon as you put that formula together and uh, you're here and you, you visit here again and you see, you, you find out that that's, that's the right answer. All right, I do want to ask you the, the news of the day. Uh, the coaching staff announced that, there's going to be two quarterbacks moving forward. This is probably something that through practices and reps you could probably tell, but with Tanner and Zach being the guys battling for that starting quarterback job, what does that do for the rest of you on offense? All right. I mean, I think it just builds a rhythm, man. No matter who it is, whether it would have been Joe, whether it's you know Zach or Tanner, it really doesn't matter. As long as we have the opportunity to, to really build on a rhythm, um, that's what's going to create the success, and that's what's going to get us ready for what's 19 days until, until we're sitting in Tucson and, and ready to, to play a game. What are you seeing from both of those guys, really from the start of camp? I mean, I think just composure. I think that you see, you, you see the, the, the root of what is Coach Roderick and Coach Grimes sitting on those guys and coaching those guys. Um, you find out that they are very, very similar. And so it's awesome just to see how much they're latching on to what the coaches have to say. And they're not, you know, individuals. They're coaching each other up. They're helping each other out. And that's creating a, a more, you know, a, a stronger unit for us as an entire offense. I think a lot of people have been pretty impressed that a, that a freshman like Zach has been able to come in and be able to go toe-to-toe with some of these other guys. Oh, absolutely, man. Like, it's unbelievable. I think, I think there's a... Uh, to be completely honest with you, I haven't seen a kid his age be so comfortable and so poised and, and know an offense and make decisions that he's making. I think that really the last person I saw do that as a true freshman was Tanner Mangum. And so to be able to watch that and to see that, it's, uh, they are, they're, they're very similar. And so to be able to have each other, to you know, have Zach learn from Tanner, um, you know, it's, a, it's an unbelievable prospect. It seems like uh, there were a lot of positives coming out of the scrimmage on Saturday, and coaches seem to be pretty pleased with the way – that camp is going and progressing and and at the point where you guys are are you as someone on the field pleased with where this offense is right now uh absolutely i mean it's hard to say you know it's not perfect and that that's something that that uh i think that's one of my negatives is is i want it to be perfect and i want everything to to go smoothly but it's not and so but where we're at and the progress that we're making every single day i mean it's a we're in good shape so where are those things that you still feel you need to make the biggest jumps then before that game at Arizona yeah I mean I think it's things that people are saying every single day and that's just becoming you know more cohesive and having the chance to understand you know assignments from pre-snap in the huddle to the end of the play and putting that all together as as one play instead of just segments of each in in different plays as soon as we bring that together and which I think we will here in the next couple days so that you know come come Arizona day it's we're going to be a a well-oiled machine over the last couple of weeks, we spent a lot of time on BYU Sports Nation talking about leadership and how important that is to a team. 
in watching you, you seem to have that ability to be a leader, whether it's on the field, whether it's talking to guys, guys coming up to you, asking questions. How important is that for you to be a leader? I think it's 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 very important. It's important to me. It's important to others. Um, it's not just a matter of me being a leader, but it's creating leaders around you. And so um, the ability that I have to, to really learn from these guys and, and to understand what's going on and, you know, the culture of this program since it has been so long since I have been here. Um, I'm learning a lot from guys, and, and I'm learning how to be a leader in a different type of way. You know, it was, it was uh, how to be the good guy and how to do everything right at, at Hawaii, and now it's a matter of, okay, how can I do everything right and then add some extra detail to it. So, um, you know, it's, it's extremely important, I think, because I am older and I have been, you know, I've been on the field for quite some time. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity, and you know, I, I'm just grateful to be here. Dylan, it's great to have you back. Thank you so much for the time, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dylan Colley, the young man that many expect to be, if not the number one, certainly one of the top two guys catching the ball for BYU football this year. All right, Jerem, uh, a perfect segue into what we want to preview now as we continue our position previews on BYU Sports Nation. Wide receivers, let's go. The coach is Fessy Satake, uh, first year after being at Weber State as the OC best player. Perhaps Dylan Colley. He's the only senior in the group. He's very experienced. He has the most kind of returning receiving yards from a team. Perhaps he's the best player. Yeah, we'll those pushing him, I don't know, maybe Alevi Hifo, maybe Micah Simon. But right now it seems like Dylan Colley, given the hard evidence, is probably the I, best at BYU has. And I think if BYU was in a position to win eight-plus games, that Dylan Colley would be your third best wide receiver. I would think that you'd have... So he he steps into this role immediately as one of the best, if not the best. Okay, newcomers to watch, uh, and perhaps the best newcomer, Dylan Colley, obviously. But Gunnar Romney is an interesting one. But Gunnar Romney, through ten practices, has not practiced. That's disconcerting, right? He's because, a little banged up. I mean, that's a distinct disadvantage for a guy who is a true freshman coming in to for, try and make for, an impact. Yes, and anybody, right? We were told that he would be good to go for Arizona. Is that still the case? We're 18 days away. you got to trust Fessy Satake, right? Under the radar guys to watch. Neil Powell, remember he's uh, Butch's younger brother, caught the first touchdown pass last year against Portland State. Didn't really hear about him the rest of the year. Akile Davis certainly looks the part. He looks like a power five receiver, but will be why you get him the ball, and will he perform? I love using the adjective sneaky. I, I think Neil Powell is sneaky good. He's not, he's not going to burn past you. And, but he will out execute you. Like his, his that's the whole, BYU receiver thing. Exactly. His right? whole mantra is, "I'm going to be technical and precise." And thus far, he's been really, really good in camp. Fessy Satake uh, has brought up Neil Pau's name a lot, so I'm not sure why we're not giving him as much credence as other guys. Because last year he didn't do much, probably. Yeah. Uh, instead of the two deep, let's go top six. Okay. Okay. In order, Dylan Colley, Aleva Hifo shined at times. I like Hifo's game. Micah Simon. Okay, Neil Powell, Talon Shumway, former Lone Peak guy, Keeley Davis. So right now, those are the top six in our opinion. Other guys in the mix, Braden Cosper, Dax Milne, Milne, I'm not sure how to say his last name, uh, some Bingham guys, Inoke Lotulele. So this is a group that has five juniors, one senior, some young guys. We're still waiting for Gunnar Romney to show up. This, this group needs to be explosive. 97th in the country in 30-plus yard pass plays last See, year. That, to, that to me is just a brutal brutal statistic and an indictment on what BYU's offense wasn't last year and that is explosive right I mean if, if you are if you're bottom third of 30 plus yard pass plays at BYU it's been a really bad year that is the understatement of the year. <laughs> Coming up in the whip, we know the UMass kick time and the dates with Baylor now in 2021 and 22.
Which BYU volleyballer will be sporting the USA and the latest All-American on campus in Provo, all part of the whip? Next, this is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, Aaron Roderick, Dylan Colley, Lauren McLean, and special cameo guest, Brian Logan. Watch him on AFR tonight. Coming up later this week, Merrill Hodge and Tyler Haas. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes told the media the QB starter race is down to senior Tanner Mangum and freshman Zach Wilson. This morning, UMass football announcing the kick time for the November 10th game with BYU in Massachusetts. Foxborough set for noon Eastern time live on 11 Sports and NESN. And thanks to FB Schedules, we now know the dates of two future games with Baylor. The Cougars play in Waco on October 16th, 2021, and in Provo on September 10th, 2022. Soccer! The women's team plays their alumni game tonight at 9 Eastern. You can listen to the match live on BYU Radio starting with the pregame show at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Golf! Three BYU men's golfers are competing at the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach. After round one, Red Rasmussen, one over. Peter Quest, two over. Spencer Dunaway, nine over. Volleyball. USA Volleyball released its 17-player roster for the men's junior national training team. Cougar Levero Zach Hendrickson on the training roster. 12 of the 17 will compete in Cuba at the end of the month in the Norseka Men's Under-21 Continental Championship. Rugby. Flanker Tosh Wilcox. Tosh Pono is one of 30 collegiate All-Americans. The All-American squad will face the Glendale Raptors, Major League Rugby's runner-up, Friday in Denver. Today's rise and shout for me goes to Jeff Grimes for keeping the buzz high on the quarterback race. Very exciting. (laughs) Do you have anything you'd like to add to that? No. Our elite voice of the day answering the question of, is it good that BYU didn't have any turnovers in their 160-play scrimmage, or is it bad, essentially, at our Greenhaw? This question is harder than it looks. Confidence on both sides could be dented by no or some turnovers. We want the offense to do well, but for some reason, I think the defense needs it more. It is a no-win situation. Overall, I think it's good because ball security wins games. Points wins games. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSM. The show's on demand at BYUSM.com. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to number 18, Eric Drage. See you tonight. Cougar kickoff in the Bellarus Stadium. Go Cougs.